Hello, all you slut enthusiasts, fellow sluts, and perverts. Welcome to the Slut Next Door podcast, and I am your slut next door, Miss Beatrix. I am a taboo phone sex operator, audio porn creator, and just an overall slut who wants to talk about all things slutty, kinks, fetishes, and all the dirty taboo things that hide inside of our heads. Today, I'm talking with a male pervert of mine, a repeat customer, one of my favorite customers named Nick. And me and Nick talk about shame and acceptance in terms of taboo kinks and fetishes, especially from a male's perspective. So I hope you guys enjoy. All right. Hello there, Nick. How are you? I'm good. I'm uh, happy to be here. Yeah, thank you for coming on. So I'm going to give your little intro here. Uh, Nick, that is what we are calling him for this episode, is a member of the Pervert Paradise Discord server, which I am also in, and is by his own admission, a total perv. (laughs) <laughs> he reached out to me after Jolie Leon's podcast dropped, which is such a fabulous episode. Listen to it if you haven't. And he offered to talk about shame from the perspective of a user of taboo p- pornography because Jolie is a creator of taboo pornography. So, um, yeah, so we're going to jump right into it, Nick. You ready? I am. <laughs> All right. So let's jump into the deep end first. Okay. Um, like in your intro, you are a user of taboo pornography. So just how kinky are you? Uh, I am uh, kinky as fuck. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> uh, I like to watch and listen uh, to porn uh, related to uh, age play, uh, toilet play. Uh, I'm interested in sadism, uh, in misogyny, uh, also blasphemy, um, and smoking, but that isn't particularly taboo. <laughs> I mean, it is for some people, I'm sure. Sure, I yeah. Mean, they, they, you know, there's warnings on cigarette packs that, you know, it's very dangerous and you're romanticizing it. <laughs> that is true. Can, but on the, on, on the, on the scale of like, well, I also sometimes look at like some sort of uh, simulated snuff porn. Smoking seems very much in the shallow end of the pool. <laughs> sure. Okay. So yeah, you are, you are kinky, super kinky. And I love that um, personally. I'm sure you love it too. <laughs> I, I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> So when did you first realize you were into these darker, more extreme kinks? I I was very young, uh, like eight years old. Uh, So years away from my first uh, ejaculation or masturbation. Um, But I would have these very um, sexual sort of swoon-like episodes where I... would just imagine I was being tied up by a a cruel woman who was trying to get me to smoke. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, yeah, funny. And then the cruel uh, woman would like enlist me uh, to like help and help her kidnap and, and torture others. This is when I was eight. And I would just have these, I, I didn't know much about sex. I was raised in a very Catholic, um, you know, sort of socially conservative um, sort of household. And, but I just remember, like, I look back now and these, like, sexual things would happen. But I, for example, I was doing the dishes one night. Everyone else in the family had, like, retired to the living room. And so there was just a sink full of water and I accidentally spilled somehow um, some, like, olive oil on the surface of the water. And it kind of just kind of did this we made this weird sort of blob on the top of the water. And I just found myself taking the whole bottle and pouring it onto the surface of the water and watching it kind of like it felt like it was corrupting the water. Mm. And it I look back now and I'm like, yeah, that was sexual. It really turned me on, but I didn't really have a vocabulary to understand mm. what it was. Mm. So I, I have a question. Um, you, at the beginning, you were talking about, um, you know, having fantasies of a woman, like, tying you down and making you smoke. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking like an innocent little boy, eight years yes. old. Like, yes. was there, there must have been a movie or something. I mean, where does that come from? I don't know. Um, it is, it, it, you know, I've often wondered, I mean... I was, you know, this is still a few years before I really saw any, like, pornography, Um, you know, and, but maybe there was some imagery I saw on TV, sometimes I would, like, sneak in and see, like, adult shows my parents were watching. Um, With the smoking, it was a kind of, it was a time where, like, you know, not madman type era, but like not too long out, you know, everyone was smoking. Mm. Um, and I was never interested in it, in smoking myself, but I was always drawn to women um, who smoked. There was something about that that just really um, sort of touched this kind of internal part of me that was just drawn to it. Mm. So... How about the teenage years, you know, because um, it sounds like, you know, you encapsulated the little boy area era. How about the teenage era? Yeah, well, once I got to, um, you know, high school, basically, I, I, I don't I remember the first time I masturbated. I was, I was 13 years old. So it's, it's actually kind of late, I think, for some people. Um, and as soon as that happened, it was like one of those moments where I was like, oh, my life has changed. This is it now. (laughs) (laughs) From now on, I dedicate myself to this. (laughs) (laughs) So I was, I was one of the, I mean, I, I don't think it's that, um, you know, I, I think I think most young men and women too, you know, you know, have this realization when they start touching themselves, and they're like, "Oh, probably gonna do this again." But I was like 
on the regular masturbating <laughs> 10 times a day. <laughs> now, did you ever find like a partner, you know, that kind of uh, satiated your, your needs? As a yeah, as a young man, as a, an adult, you know. Well, I yeah, no, I. This is the end part of it, right? We, okay, again, I've talked about how I was a a young Catholic uh, man, and you know, at, when I was like fifteen, for example, I was like legitimately considering entering the priesthood. Oh, gosh. Which, yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's it's really yes. I don't I don't really understand, but um, <laughs> of course I came to the conclusion that if God had wanted me to be a priest, he he wouldn't have made me this attractive. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I had girlfriends, and uh, I would have like sexual contact with them, but it, I. Even then, I'd internalized that the more taboo areas of my sexuality, you know, I was very worried that they would be seen as, you know, um, not right and, you know, perverted and would lead to my sort of <clears throat> me probably being rejected if I shared them. So my sort of my sexual encounters were very enjoyable, but they were very vanilla. Right. Gotcha. So, you know, so during these times that you're hiding your secret kinks, you know, your mm-hmm. evil woman forcing you to smoke and, you know, <laughs> yes. um, torturing people, you know, Go on. <laughs> yes. Um, how are you, you know, exploring that side of yourself or did you? Well, I didn't. I mean, um, you know, I tried to ignore um, that side of me. Um, I tried to pretend to myself that they weren't actually part of me. Um, when I was very young, you know, I, you know, we're talking about this like eight to twelve age range. Uh, I really, for real, imagined that these urges were the result of the devil. Um, there were pictures of Jesus all over the house, <laughs> and not the kind of sort of chill vibe i wanted to hang out with the young folk jesus <laughs> the scary jesus he was often holding up his own heart <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> wow. and he had eyes that would follow me <laughs> so um you know terrifying um and you know so so you know i had this mental framework that you know you know, maybe intercourse was okay, uh, but masturbation wasn't okay. And having thoughts like this, like fantasies about this, even, you know, even without touching myself, a fantasy like this, that was probably from the devil. And I used to pray for hours before going to sleep, um, pray that you know, God would protect me from these evil thoughts. The devil was whispering into my, into my mind. Oh, wow. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just guessing he never answered. 
because you know you're talking with me now. <laughs> yes, that is correct. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, apparently his line, his line was busy. Um, <laughs> yeah. So okay, now we talked about boyhood, teenage years. How about like young adult? You know, I'm not going to assume your age. But, um, you know, you sure. could be a young adult. You could be in oh, okay. middle age. But, uh, you know, how about as an adult? How how have your taboo fetishes um, fleshed themselves out, if at all? They, well, I think you've, you've really nailed it by saying fleshed themselves out. They're, I, you know, now I look at them as, as parts of me that have essentially always been part of me. Um, and so I still masturbate to women, uh, smoking. I still get off to, um, accomplice porn, uh, you know, the concept of women, um, you know, bad, evil women, um, helping me torture people. Those are still things that are part of my sexual life right now. Um, and you know, I, I've come, it's been a long journey, but I've come to accept them as just part of me and not, you know, suspend the sort of value judgment I used to really put on those, on those thoughts. And let's go ahead and clarify uh, for those listening, you know, you mentioned, an evil woman helping you torture people, you know, mm-hmm. that that's not something you want to do in real life, torture people. That is correct. I'm, uh, I'm actually uh, a very, uh, <clears throat> I, I think a, a big part of this that is really important is that, yeah, people in my life would be shocked to hear about uh, the things that get me off sexually because um, I come across as a very kind, nice, um, polite person, the kind of person that you'd be happy to introduce to a member of your family. Um, and, you know, that's, that's good. And that, that's real life. You know, I am nice and I am kind. Um, but <clears throat> the reality is also these fantasies are part of me and, denying them or pretending they're not the real me um, that hasn't been a very helpful uh, strategy. Mm. I see. Um, And let's expand on that. You said it's not a helpful strategy. Um, How did it harm you? I think it it just sort of drove me into... um, I think in a certain way, everyone has to compartmentalize their life, right? It's just like, oh, these are my work friends and these are my, you know, home friends and this is my family. We're all a little bit different to all of those kind of social situations where we're in. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also possible to be sort of over compartmentalized. And that was very much me, you know. Uh, so I would have girlfriends and I had, you know, um, and I would have sexual relationships with those girlfriends, but then I was also masturbating a lot to, you know, really sort of extreme porn and 
you know, you know, and sometimes I would cheat on those girlfriends with uh, other people who were more sort of, uh, you know, you know, sort of open to more for darker sort of fantasy type stuff. Mm-hmm. That was going to be my next question is, were, have you ever admitted, you know, or even gotten to role play with a partner, girlfriend, you know, um, these kind of fantasies? Yeah, well, that's happened more recently. The reality is, um, you know, it's it's stuff I've always been turned on by, but it's only more recently uh, in my life that I've kind of been able to integrate that into my actual sort of life. And mm-hmm. I've found, I have found that integrating that into my, you know, as much as I can into my world has just been felt really healthy to me mm-hmm. and, and healthy in terms of the, the kind of self uh, judgment and sort of shame that I used to feel daily um, mm-hmm. has become a lot, a lot rarer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, before we move on, I, I definitely want to unpack, I think, something that might be crucial uh, to really understanding. So like going back to the very beginning, you said you were into age play, toilet play, mm-hmm. even some like snuff mm-hmm. uh, fantasy porn. So let's, let me take a moment to define some of those and not assume that, you know, a listener would know what those things are. So, you know, age play is in a role play fantasy um someone is younger uh, than they are you know um or some made up invisible person is young mm-hmm. um in age play um and then toilet play you have you know pee scat mm-hmm. vomit um you know there are there's porn out there uh, i'm sure you know Nick. <laughs> I do know. <laughs> <laughs> and yes. then the and then you know snuff is uh you know the role play. There's porn studios out there that do, you know, snuff fake deaths at the mm-hmm. end of sex, you know. Um that's totally fake, totally safe. So you know, these things to I think most uh, general population. I mean, mm-hmm. we don't want to assume that there there could be thousands upon thousands, millions even of people into this. But generally, if you're going to step out in a crowd of adults and say, hey, did you see the latest, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I masturbate to a woman and get someone's pooping into her mouth. How, who else is like me? <laughs> right. People are going to look at you a little funny, right? Yeah, um, exactly. You know, and that that's the sad part. And mm-hmm. um, what I personally have found um, in my work, even before doing phone sex, I think just within the kink community, um, it's, I love watching people be able to own themselves truly and my own self. I've gone through that too, like feeling yeah. shame 
on what makes me feel good, you know, and at the end of the day, if what makes you feel, feel good is safe, legal, consensual, then who the fuck cares what it is? You know, no one's getting hurt. Um, So yeah, it's, it's super sad. And I think that's why I wanted to, you know, and you wanted to as well talk Mm -hmm. about this, um, you know, publicly in a way, and shine light on it because, you know, I run into people all day, every day as a sex worker mm-hmm. um, that, you know, I'm the only person that knows their, mm-hmm. sometimes I feel like the secret keeper mm-hmm. and which is really hot for me. But, you know, when, when you really look at it, it's sad that there's so many people out there that are afraid to tell their own partner that, you know, they could even be married to for years you know, afraid to say, I'm into this safe and legal thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't have to like it, but I want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, they can't even say that um, out of fear of someone looking at them and being like, oh, my God, dude, let's send you to a psychiatric hospital. What is wrong with you? <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, it's... um it's it so this is a question i have for you okay um, and this will c- tie in i promise i just went off on a tangent there um <laughs> <laughs> why did you feel in the past well first let me ask you this do you hide your fetishes now i mean obviously you're not going out in public like I said, and being like, hey, I jerked off to this. Yeah, I but- like to wear like a big like sandwich board with like all the things I'm into just kind of written on it in big. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, um, you know, because I know you, um, I know that you're currently, you know, in, in the proper settings, you, you don't hide this part of yourself. So um, why did you feel like you had to hide them before? Well, I, it's an excellent question. I mean, part of it is to do with religion. Um, you know, religion deemed that thoughts like this were evil. Um, and I had been so conditioned by religion and society in general uh, to reject thoughts like this. So I had a framework, right? A mental framework um, of the, the person with the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other. And the angels whispering good thoughts that you should be listening to the angel at all times. And the devil was on the other side whispering evil ideas. And it took me a very long time to understand um, that that framework is very rudimentary um, and that people are much more complex than that. They're not trying to offend, but in my opinion, there isn't a giant old man up in the clouds and a weird goat man living in a lake of fire. Um, (laughs) um, For me, those concepts aren't reflective of reality anymore. Um, And so at that point, you know, once I've kind of accepted that, then I'm, you know, then the framework doesn't make sense to, to live by anymore. Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense it does it does that that religion is very much based in you know how nick 
grew up from a boy to a man, mm-hmm. you know, that was, that was woven there. And now, you know, we mentioned that earlier, or you did, you are into blasphemy, which you want to explain what blasphemy porn is? <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, blasphemy porn is um, porn that goes out of its way to insult religion. Um, it can be to do with uh, any religion. It could be Judaism. It could be Islam. It could be, uh, you know, uh, Christianity. Obviously, I'm a big fan of uh, anything that, uh, you know, trivializes and mocks uh, Catholicism um, mm-hmm. because those kind of messages, those early messages are still in my head. Mm-hmm. I find it thrilling to see, um, you know, people you know spitting on the bible or um you know dressed up as nuns masturbating with a crucifix or mm-hmm. you know you know stuff that is it's like oh <clears throat> it's not only like it's not only ignoring that the that religious structure it's attacking it it's mm-hmm. saying i'm gonna now i'm gonna pull that into my kink Mm-hmm. Um, and there's something about that is a massive turn on for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it goes back to, and I believe I brought this up with, I know I brought this up with Jolie's episode is it's the taboo too. And the taboo mm-hmm. is so fun, you know, just to yeah. look at things and touch your genitals and orgasm to things that, you know, would make people cry <laughs> or blush, you know, or yes. run away screaming. <laughs> right. And it, it, I think that I loved that Jolie interview so much because, you know, she just nailed it. You know, mm-hmm. she's like, well, who's being hurt? You know what I mean? Like, you know, if I want to hurt myself in this way or, you know, behave this way and I'm not hurting anybody else, then it's my business. And I get to, I get to choose the way I want to have fun. and I get to choose Mm -hmm. the way I want to have sex. Right. Right. And that's, sex can be so fun. It can be such a, Mm -hmm. it's like being a kid again and playing pretend and building your own, you know, imaginary world. Um, exactly. And if it's safe and legal, who cares what you're doing in that world? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, back when you were hiding your sexual interest, how does that, how did it make you feel? Um, it made me feel like a failure <clears throat> because I was constantly failing uh, to repress the urges. Um, you know, I would, uh, masturbate about, you know, stuff that at the time I was deeply ashamed of, uh, weirdly that would make it even like more of a turn on to me to masturbate to. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, uh, once I was done, um, you know, I was, you know, uh, you know, I felt, you know, I could hear the sort of wagging finger of the angel telling me that I was, you know, I was in danger of losing my eternal soul. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, yeah, I ended up being quite compartmentalized. And that's like um, double failure. So failing yourself <laughs> yeah. and failing um, Jesus, a.k.a. Sky Daddy. 
Right. Yes. No, no. Yeah. Jesus and Sky Daddy were just constantly looking at me with disappointed expressions and shaking their heads, yeah. <laughs> sadly. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes Jesus would be holding his heart. <laughs> <laughs> look, look what I sacrificed for you exactly. and look what you're doing now. <laughs> this, this is this is how you repay me. <laughs> so. I mean, that can't be good for someone's mental health that you're failing not only yourself, but this pretend person with these crazy expectations. (laughs) Yes. Um, Yeah. So uh, why, you know, it's just interesting to me, you know, why do you keep why do you think you kept hiding it over and over? Because I'm, I'm just assuming it was a cycle, a vicious cycle. It was. Um, I, oh, look, all I can think now, if, if, you know, when I think about it, is I just think it's being socially shunned is for a lot of people, and, and definitely for me, one of the most terrifying things that, everybody knows a terrible thing about me and nobody wants to be around me because of that terrible thing. Mm-hmm. That's so uh, alarming and frightening. And, um, you know, and, and I'm a, definitely a person that can kind of skew toward anxiety at times. And so that made me, you know, even though it was obvious that it wasn't working, that made me keep, banging my head against the wall of it um and just feeling like the next time i failed it was like well obviously don't care enough i need to try harder i'm you know i'm a bad person because i can't ignore this and and i really (laughs) i don't know what i've come to understand is that the perv part of me (laughs) is me and it that compartmentalizing part, you know, that framework, it encourages people to pretend that it isn't the real them, you know. Mm-hmm. So let let's say that <clears throat> let's say that I have a, a coin, right, a quarter, and I only like the tail side, but I hate the head side. Mm-hmm. So I decide to get a like a file, and I'm I'm like I'm gonna file away the entire head side of that coin. Well. To be successful, I would also have to destroy the tail side, <laughs> mm. um, you know, because they're they are both equally me, um, and it has taken me a long time to realize that if something is part of you, it is part of you. Um, to me, trying to ignore and repress my sexual kinks, uh, it's like people who. Um, you know, try to pray the gay away or deny their innate sexual preferences. It's a, it's a losing game. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it's like trying to sweep up the ocean with a dustpan. Yeah. I I love those metaphors. Love those metaphors. Um, (laughs) So you said you one day just said the perv is a part of me. Um, so that there is a balance then because when you're walking, you know, through the hallways of your job, 
mm-hmm. people aren't looking at you and saying that man's a perv <laughs> because right. you know. Mm-hmm. So how do you? Because I know there are people that have a hard time, like they would have a hard time saying. Um, you know, this thing that I'm ashamed that I like is a part of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have a hard time with that. Um, mm-hmm. They think it makes them a bad person. Mm-hmm. Um, even though they're masturbating to things that are completely safe and legal, they still mm-hmm. have this whole, this hang up. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts on that? I mean, how do you accept yourself? For me, um, it, it's it's kind of practice. Um, look, the reality is, um, I um, have done a lot of therapy in the last few years, and you know, this stuff started coming up in therapy, um, and it was really frightening and scary to talk about it. But it was also really like freeing. Um, I've got a really cool therapist, and 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 she was like. Yeah, so what, dude? It's okay for you to fantasize about this shit. It's all right. No one's getting hurt. You know, and it's a little bit, you remember Goodwill Hunting, right? When Robert Williams <laughs> says to Matt Damon, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. And Matt Damon's like, yes, you're right. Um, oh, yeah. It, that emotional but, scene. Yeah, it's kind of like that, um, it's, but with like, um, taboo kinky sex um (laughs) but but it's just like once i had a mental framework that like that kind of showed me that i wasn't evil um that i that i was worthy that i was decent and i started liking myself and not just around sex about a lot of things you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but then i started looking at the sex part and going i'm tired of like beating myself up about this like no one is you know just like jolie said she's like who died and made you the you know the the morals police you know what i mean i I love that because no one did you know i i appointed myself apparently the morals police and then just like you know tormented myself about this completely okay behavior for a long time yeah yeah i love that I love that you said, you know, you just thought just one day it just seemed like you're like, you know what, fuck this. I'm <laughs> I'm done feeling that way. But do you think you would have came there without the therapy? I don't know if I would have. Um, I feel like to sort of break a lot of that religious stuff in particular and also just <clears throat> negative self-talk that gets in, in in my head and I think in a lot of our heads is it's really powerful and really strong and kind of insidious in its own way and for me it took it took therapy um and being able to first of all just being able to talk about it with someone is just mm. massive um and I think <clears throat> I'm sure you know that as as someone that creates um sort of taboo audios and stuff this you know you are a person that people you know will share with and disclose things to and you're i think you're often probably the only person um and there's so much um sort of self-acceptance can come from that from someone saying yeah it really is okay dude 
You know what I mean? And and once once I started, I I once I opened the door in my own mind to that being a possibility, then sort of the ball was rolling in terms of me becoming a lot healthier about my sexuality and my sexual activity. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like a big turning point was her, your therapist, just mm-hmm. being there telling you it's okay. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, no one's being hurt. Um, and here's the beautiful thing about uh, pervert paradise is, you know, we hold, you know, there's a lot of kinky stuff in there, a lot of kinky stuff, but we also promote mental health in there and we hold group support nights where mm-hmm. um you know we all get on voice and anyone can come up and talk about literally anything mm-hmm. and we have guys up there that come up and admit to you know some things that they've done that in the past that mm-hmm. weren't so legal looking at illegal images and you know that's why they're in pervert paradise is to get away from that mm-hmm. um and, you know, that's always helpful for, for people to hear those kind of stories. But then there's also stories of guys that come up and, you know, admit that what, what you're talking about right now is that, you know, I'm, I listened to this audio and I, you know, had an orgasm and I just feel really ashamed. Like I feel really dirty. And then you've got you know, because I, I show up to about everyone and you've got a bunch of pervs and a couple other <laughs> creators and everyone saying, you know, that's okay. You know, yeah. it, the audio is legal. It was mm-hmm. a woman that made that audio. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're by yourself. You jerked off. You came, mm-hmm. you know, what, where's yeah. the harm? End of, end of story. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. Um, and so it it goes back and you hit on this earlier, kind of like the, the general public or society, you know, being so afraid of these darker things, these yeah. imagination, this, mm-hmm. um, you know, these are within people's imagination. Yes. You know? And that's not to say there's some harmful people out there. Sure. There are, mm-hmm. but you've got, a lot of people, I talk to them every day that, you know, this just only exists in their head. Right. Um, yeah. So, um, so great. That That's really good advice for someone that's feeling that kind of shame and, and fear is just finding someone to talk to and let it out. Agree. I mean, I think that is a part of why I think Pervert Paradise is a really helpful um, place uh, and kind of a unique place. Because for me, I was like, oh, okay, this is good. This could be, this can be a home for me. You know what I mean? Like, there, you know, it's, it's like, these are people who, they're roughly the same as me. And they, you know, they think about weird fucked up shit while they jerk off and, or, you know, rub one out and, you know, they just want to be in a community like anybody else and not feel judged and horrible about the natural behavior that they do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. Cause I hear a lot of, a lot of guys have came in and said that, um, you know, that journey that, that you went on actually mm-hmm. yourself, you know, of kind of hiding in the shadows, mm-hmm. jerking off this shit, you know, feeling shamed, um, that it creates a feeling of extreme loneliness. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it's not good. It's, it's detrimental to one's mental health. Um, and that, you know, something you mentioned earlier with me, sometimes I do feel like a therapist at times mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with um, taboo phone sex because mm-hmm. not all of it is, there's some calls I have where it's literally a conversation you know, there's no, they might be aroused. I might be aroused, but there's no, you know, not the typical phone sex that right. you would think. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And then the, I'll tell you another thing. One of my favorite things to do is if I can tell that someone, you know, um, is like I'm the first person they really came forward with with their fantasies and it's kind Mm -hmm. of new for them to let it out one of Mm -hmm. the most powerful things to do is say is have them repeat things those trigger Mm. words you know being like you know what are you attracted to oh i'm Mm. i'm attracted to you know uh whatever it is and it just i can hear it in their voice you know Mm -hmm. just Ah, like it's just like a this huge wave of pleasure and acceptance and excitement and yeah, it's 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 fun. It's fun. Yeah. Um, so now that you are in a stage of acceptance and you know, you've kind of come out of that shame spiral, do you ever kind of feel still feel shame? You know, when you're out there uh, exploring pornography and, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes, I do. Um, I, I think the, the, the shame piece isn't a binary, right? It's not just, oh, I turned that switch off and I no longer feel shame. <laughs> I, um, it's a spectrum rather than a binary, right? Um, it's a line and I'm, I'm, I used to be on a really unhealthy part of that line. You know what I mean? Where there was just shame, 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 shame. Now I'm way on another part of it where every now and then, you know, um, you know, I, I will still find myself um, giving out sort of a weird, crappy sort of finger wagging thought. Um, but more and more, I just find myself noticing it and realizing what it is and then moving on rather than buying into it and feeling like a failure and a bad person. I'm just like, Oh yeah, that's that part of me that used to be much more in control than it is now. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't have as much impact or as much power over me that it used to have. It really, really gets easier and easier. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's great. That's really good. And You know, if there's a man or a woman listening to this and, you know, they still, even through this conversation, they're like, uh, I don't care. I'm still going to struggle with accepting this Mm -hmm. part of myself, even if I admitted it to someone. Mm -hmm. Um, What's your advice to them? 
um, you know, keep struggling to accept yourself. I mean, you are a worthy, good person. Um, as long as you aren't engaging in any crime, your fantasies don't change that. You know, there is no such thing as a thought crime. You know, mm-hmm. our thoughts and our fantasies are just that. Our actions in the real world are different. You know, accepting your kinks is a healthy thing. And I really believe you will be a better, more integrated person for it. Again, it's not a binary. It's a process. But setting out on that process of accepting yourself and forgiving yourself, um, I think it's a really positive thing. And I would encourage that of anybody listening. Hmm. I love that. I just want to snip that out and keep it in my pocket to send people. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What I love about it is you saying there's no thought crime. Right. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's so powerful. Um, but there's a debate. I would, I would imagine a religious person would be like, oh yes, there are, there are thought crimes, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I think, you know, look, there was a case, um, that really, um, stuck with me uh i think it was about 10 years ago <clears throat> and it was about this in the in the media it was called the cannibal cop um and he was this new york cop who had a cannibalism fetish he never acted on it he never hurt anybody he never ate anybody <laughs> but he would text uh various people who were, had the same fetish and would text them about his fantasies of how he would like to um, cook them and eat them. Mm -hmm. And the police got a hold of his text somehow and arrested him. And they said he was planning a crime um, because he discussed on online finished chat rooms, his fantasies about, uh, about this behavior. It was all fantasy. In reality, he was happily married. His wife was well aware and okay and accepting Mm -hmm. of his kink. Mm-hmm. So he never did anything, but a jury convicted him. Um, yeah, I mean, the charges were eventually dismissed by an appeals judge. But the part that always stuck with me is the jury. And it felt to me they found him guilty of just having fucked up thoughts. Yeah, ju- you ju- know what I mean? yeah they were judgy. <laughs> right. Um, there was no evidence of any crime. There was just evidence that this guy, you know, got off to thinking about killing and eating people, mm-hmm. which I mean, okay, yeah, that's not my fantasy, but I'm also like, yeah, geez, you know, I, you know, when I read that story 10 years ago, I was like, oh, yeah, this is, this could happen to me. <laughs> <All right. laughs> you know, I, you know, it's, it's just like, I have really, really dark sexual fantasies and, you know, it, it, my takeaway from that is there is a, a real strong Puritan vibe in American society in particular that wants to judge people badly for coloring outside the lines with their sexual attractions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I, I've never heard that story. That's super frightening if you want i'll 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 try and find an article um uh once we're done and i'll send you the link and if you want you can you could maybe even put the link in the uh, in the show notes yeah cool thank you yeah 
So <laughs> this is a nice um, <laughs> leeway. What are some safe and legal ways to explore your sexual fetishes, particularly online? Yeah, it's, I mean, <laughs> the answer to the question is in the question, right? It's safe and legal. Um, so yeah, uh, steer clear of anything illegal. Um, this is private behavior. Um, and it should remain private unless you're with a consenting person that wants to share. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just think, you know, that those are lines that I keep very bright for myself um, with the things that I you know, look at in terms of pornography. Um, I'm not interested in doing anything illegal. That feels, um, you know, I'm not interested in getting off to anything that, you know, you know, a crime was, you know, commissioned in the making of pornography, for example, right? right? It's just like, eh, no, I'm my own, my own private morality. And I do have morality, you know, just goes, yeah, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just think, yeah, be just be safe, be legal, be smart. I think it's really important to, um, you know, if you find yourself on a server or anything and somebody, <laughs> you know, someone reaches out and sort of say that you don't know and says, hey, send me some weird sexual pictures of yourself. Maybe think twice about that before <laughs> you, before you do that, because there are a lot of uh, messed up people out there who um, like to take advantage of people. And because there's so much shame about this behavior, I think that people that engage in this behavior are sort of thought of as sort of easy marks for mm. people that want to mess with people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what are where are you finding your um taboo porn um well i'm using a lot of audios uh yes i do i i thoroughly uh endorse uh uh miss beatrix um as a provider of uh taboo uh, audio um you know i spend a lot of time on pervert paradise i look at things that are posted there um and again because Pervert Paradise has such excellent moderation, um, you know, and a really good mod team. I'm always really confident that if it's there, it, you know, it's already been, you know, vetted and isn't um, something that I need to worry about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, that, that feels sort of helpful. And look, like a lot of people, sometimes I'll just go to Motherless and type in, you know, vomit. <laughs> <laughs> You know, <laughs> so yeah, sure. I'm, you know, that's that's how I do me. <laughs> well, thank you for the endorsement, Nick. By the way, very sweet of you. Well, um, one second. I I think just to look, you can cut this out if you want to, Miss Beatrix. But um, you were a person, you know, in particular who was very very open and welcoming and accepting of me um and i was very very nervous when i when i um first came to pervert paradise and started reaching out about things like this and um yeah so i just want to thank you for being such a good 
you've been a massive help to me on this kind of journey. Oh, it is truly my pleasure. Thank you. That means <laughs> yeah, a lot yeah. to me. Okay. Yeah. I remember the first time you reached out, <laughs> you were very, mm-hmm. very sweet and polite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. It's just like, Oh, that, you know, it, 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 you know, and you were so good about being like, Oh, yeah, he's sweet and polite, but he, he's talking to me for a reason. <laughs> he he wants to indulge a part of himself that, you know, that might not be quite as sweet and polite. And, and, and that's, that's, that's really helpful. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's what you endorse um, people to do phone sex that, you know, find kind of taboo phone sex operators. Is that a... Um, would you find that a worthy uh, strategy to kind of feed those urges and kinks and fetishes? Yeah. I mean, whatever is going to get you off, I think, I mean, uh, audios and phone sex are in some ways excellent um, for people that are into really taboo stuff like I am. They're really excellent ways of sort of uh, exploring that because there's you know it, it it's kind of like it's the theater of the mind and you know you can you know you you can do that stuff and indulge it in an audio way um you know that is legal and safe so mm-hmm. I, yeah I, but it also depends i i really want to say just you know for like a lot of these things there's a spectrum of um, phone sex operators, some of whom are really um, professional and know what they're doing and, and and are really good at it, and some of whom you know aren't as you know you know they're not as sort of sensitive to all those other aspects, mm-hmm. and and people just have to figure out you know you know reach out to people and figure out the one that works for you. Yes, I'm glad you said that because I was actually going to say as well. You know, for the more extreme and taboo fetishes, um, I would not suggest um, where I started out in was night flirt. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I was banned for using the word mom one time in the chat there. Um, So, you know, you've got, um, for example, pervert paradise where a few of us offer phone sex and, um, I think another tip would be asking that phone sex operator what their limits are. Right. And that, that'll tell you if you are, um, you know, safe to say something because I, you know, unfortunately I've heard stories of Mm -hmm. guys that go to kind of, you know, say you went to night flirt and you're like, Mm -hmm. "Eh, I want to do a role play. And that's like my daughter. And this particular phone sex operator might take that as dangerous because she's not um, Mm -hmm. informed Mm -hmm. that, you know, this guy means no harm. He just Mm -hmm. wants to get off, you know, with this imagination, imaginary story. Um, Right. So, yeah. So you also have sin cats as well is pretty, pretty taboo there as Mm -hmm. well. Um, So, yeah. Um, now what about, cause this is a big one. Um, I talk to married men a lot right. in phone sex. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and a majority of them are calling me because obviously their their wives uh-huh. uh, aren't able to play with them and with with these fantasies. So, you know, Nick, if a man or a woman's like married and not able to reveal their true self, what would you recommend to them? Therapy. Um, I think, I think, um, that either what I'm, I'm, what I'm not going to say is, oh, you should tell them everything or you should leave them or, you know, look, your, you know, specific situation is your specific situation. And I think there's, you know, there are a million ways of dealing with this, but what is always going to be helpful is you being clear with yourself about it. If you're aligned against yourself, and and I was that for many years, that's not helpful no matter what. And therapy is what helped me. Um, And so, again, you know, I think that, you know, places like uh, Pervert Paradise are fine. I think that phone sex can be fine. I think that, uh, you know, you know, there are lots of different kinds of, it's not, you know, a lot of people look at porn mm-hmm. <laughs> and a lot of married people look at porn and a lot of wives are aware of it. Um, but a lot of wives are also like, if they actually saw what their husbands were jerking off to would like freak out um, mm-hmm. because some of the stuff is, is real extreme mm-hmm. and legal, but extreme. And so it's, I don't know, you know, um, I, I, I think the one thing I think that would help is just doing work on yourself. Um, and you may get to a point when you're like, you know what, um, maybe I want to try and bring my wife into this, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or at least, uh, you know, um, you know, be open with her and let her know what's up because that's fair. Mm-hmm. Great. It might be that you go, you know what? this is a marker that there's a lot about my life with my, in my marriage, which is kind of messed up and maybe I don't want to be married anymore. That's also true for some people and fine. Or it might be that you decide, you know what, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing and uh, stay married. There's a lot going on. I've got a family. It's really important to me. And I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to whack off to, you know, messed up porn all the time. And, you know, that's okay too. So, you know, it really depends on the individual sort of situation. Yeah. Fantastic advice. So Nick, we are going to move on before we get to listener questions. I'm going to ask you what I ask everyone, Mm -hmm. which it's always funny because if you listen to the whole episode, Nick has already answered this. (laughs) (laughs) Correct. (laughs) What turns you on? Well, I'll answer it a little differently, right? Um, You know, the taboo um, turns me on, right? Um, Things that are forbidden, right? Like there's a reason why Eve coveting the forbidden fruit is such a... uh, powerful story right the very wrongness of doing something forbidden is exciting for me 
Um, and so I, you know, the idea of behavior, which is outside of polite and decent society is exciting for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, um, that's, you know, I, I think transgressiveness, uh, is, is the thing that turns me on. Mm-hmm. Same. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I um I did things just slightly differently this week. Um in the Slut Next Door Discord server. I asked the um some of the gentlemen in there, well and ladies, but we just had gentlemen answer, um a few questions. And I figured we could kind of um discuss them together. So Sounds the, good. First question I asked was, are you able to share your taboo kinks and fetishes with a partner? If so, how did you introduce them to your partner? And then if you don't share with a partner, um, why do you hide your desires? So we had one gentleman answer. I come from an anime background as a creator and a fan. And anime has a huge and largely unaddressed issue with characters' ages. And I don't know if I'm going to say this word right. It's going to be embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) I know what the word means, but uh, infantilization. Infantilization. Yeah. Infantilization. Yeah. Yes. It's a youth culture that anthropologists like Charles Dunbar have talked about. So I feel like that indoctrinated me to a lot of this freakier stuff early on. Mm. Sexualizing characters from Sailor Moon or Neon Neon Genesis and and Evangelion. Evangelion, yeah. (laughs) Do you know this? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I knew I know Sailor Moon. I don't know the secret one. Mm -hmm. Um, anyways, uh, meant sexualizing characters in middle school, so the progression feels somewhat natural to me. Mm -hmm. So this gentleman's talking about um, age play, you know, being kind of attracted to that side of things. Yeah, I think that um, that is. Sure, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think it's really um that's something that comes up a lot with uh, animation and video games, particularly from Japan, where a lot of the sort of it it feels really obvious to westernize that sort of very young looking, possibly illegal looking characters are being sort of sexualized. Um and I think it does. Uh, again, it's like you know, it, it, it's sort of fantasy stuff, but it also does have an impact on um, sort of culture and society, and and sort of leads to you know, young girls in particular being, you know, mm-hmm. being sort of fetishized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I and I'm sorry, I totally messed up. I started with the the wrong question. The first question is, hmm. when did you first realize you were in a darker extreme kink? So that was his answer. Okay, my fault there. So um, so yeah, so his started there with the anime, and then um, another uh, gentleman had answered. Let me find it here. 
this gentleman says probably around eight or nine, because that's when I started experimenting with friends with first binds like rope and spanking Mm -hmm. before going on to straight up sex, combining the three. He lost his virginity at 10 years old. Holy shit. Experimenting with a little girlfriend from school while the parents were out. (laughs) Sounds like my friend Millie. Who fucked his sister. <laughs> right. I, I wasn't going to say, but yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So interesting. His story is very, very young. Kind of like you. Like you right. Yeah. It, well, especially. Uh, yeah. I think that's. I was interested at that age. It's like, huh. You know, it, it's like there's an interesting thing going on in the human brain, I think around eight or nine, even though your kind of hormones aren't kicking in or your body isn't changing as much, your brain is starting to get turned on by certain things. And even though it may not understand. Hmm. That's interesting. And I'd love to, I'd love to see what girl, what females think, because I'm thinking about myself around that age and Mm. I'm thinking about Barbies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're not even mm-hmm. they're they might be kissing, but there's mm-hmm. no I mean I I can't think of any kind of sexual Well, uh, Ken doesn't really have a penis, so there's not right. much you can do there. <laughs> like maybe maybe Ken could go down on Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I, I'm curious if, you know, I'm just not, because I have a terrible memory anyways, uh, hmm. admittedly. But um, I'm wondering if girls have the same same experience because, you know, we're kind of more emotional um, hmm. in sex. Um, uh-huh. oh, something I'm going to think about. Anyways. Um, okay. And then, yeah. So then my next question was the one that I started with, are you able to share it with a partner? And so um, the first guy has has a very healthy thing going on. He says, a few of my partners, yes. I've dated one woman I shared it with. She actually had more extreme kinks than I, and I've shared it with my wife. I think she shares more of them than she cares to admit. Youth, age difference, dubious consent. Mm-hmm. I discussed it with her by being tactfully forward about it one day while we were <laughs> home together saying, Hey, I want to talk to you about something, blah, blah, blah. I'm sure mm-hmm. you've noticed. I like, I'm going to mess this up. Ray from Evangel- 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 Neon Genesis Evangelion. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, blah, blah, blah. I think I have a kink for this. And from there we discussed her reaction, her comfort with it what her and my boundaries were, et cetera. That sounds very healthy, right? Yeah. <laughs> very healthy. So, sounds completely reasonable and yeah. straightforward. Yeah. Well, and I, I like to tell this story. So, um, and I don't think I've told it here on the pod, on any podcast episode. I don't think I have. Um, <laughs> my, f- my first experience with age play was with a partner. Um, you know, I have, uh, into the whole daddy daughter stuff mm-hmm. and he knew about that and he, you know, we would just kind of talk about it while sexually, 
playing and mm-hmm. uh, we wouldn't get into like the role play, like, oh, I'm your dad. You know, it was more like, mm-hmm. oh, I, you know, I wonder if your dad touched you like this, you know, when you were eight and that would turn me on, you know? So right. we're talking about my dad and me being a little girl. And so one day he, after we play, he said, Hey, I want to talk to you about this. I've never told any woman about this, but mm-hmm. you know, this actually like not only turns you on obviously, but it turns me on because we're talking about you being a little girl, you know, we're talking about a little girl. So that he's, you know, that really turns me on. And so we, we discussed it and it kind of, you know, because I, you know, had no experience in that area and, you know, it kind of like shocked me for a moment, you know, and we talked about it and I said, well, you don't want to like hurt, children right and he's like no 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 he's like just talking about it with you turns me on mm-hmm. and I thought okay okay and I felt you know yeah he's a sane individual I don't think he's gonna hurt anyone and we're not hurting anyone here in our yeah. bedroom so yeah let's talk about this some more and then it turned more into talking about younger with him in the bedroom mm-hmm. um you know so I feel like if you, I feel like you have to be careful. Like if you're in a relationship and you mm-hmm. want to come forward with your partner about this, I think you just need to make sure it's, you trust that person. Yes. Um, and that they're level-headed, open-minded, you know, because you don't want to come forward to say a girlfriend or a boyfriend and, you know, share this and then be like, oh my God, you're, you know, I'm going to, call yeah. the cops you know you're ah. yeah because that happens sometimes yeah. people like freak out and you know the next thing you know you're you know you've got this really awkward embarrassing situation that you have to deal with that you could have avoided if you know you mm-hmm. just been a little more careful at the beginning of it right right well and that you know I, I've totally been there. Um, you, sometimes mm-hmm. you get yourself into committed relationships with people that you shouldn't be in <laughs> with. And, um, co-signed. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, like I'm thinking if I came forward, I mean, this did happen to me. I, I was in a committed relationship and he learned about, he saw my porn history, which was very, mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of showed my masochistic mm-hmm. interest and, you know, hardcore kind of gangbang, you know, and he, mm-hmm. he, I mean, he did shame me for it. Like it was, it mm-hmm. was a negative experience for me because he was mm-hmm. a little judgy on it and was just like, wow, you're like into this. That's really weird. You know, it was just like, it was king shaming really. Um yeah, I got zero tolerance for that stuff. You know what I mean? Even you know, like on Pervert Paradise, for example, you know, now and then I'll run into, you know, there's some material. I'm like, oof, it's not for me, but I never will like 
make a post about how that's kind of weird or that's not for me because I've been on the other side of it. I mean, especially with like scat porn, that's like the poster child for people just being like, Oh, I'm into all kinds of stuff, but not that. Um, (laughs) It's like, yeah, you didn't need to say that out loud. (laughs) I'm well aware that it's not to the taste of most people. I'm well aware that most people find it kind of horrible. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, so I, I'm, I try to move, you know, in pervert paradise in particular, in a, in a way that's just always accepting again, if it's legal and it's consensual, then I am not interested in making someone feel bad about it because I've been on the other side of that. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks. It really Mm -hmm. sucks. Um, now you can go back to my sexual humiliation episode though, and some people like that, Oof. but you know, mm-hmm. the, the generally, um, you know, people don't like to be, um, you know, looked at and been like, "Oh, you're so gross for liking that," you know, yeah. it doesn't feel good. Mm-mm. Um, so going back to the listener question, you, ha- I am like so happy to hear that you have such a healthy relationship there here's some really healthy things so Mm -hmm. i also asked this guy do you suffer from post-nut clarity and feel ashamed of what you just came to (laughs) how do you deal with that and he said not often i feel comfortable that these are just perverted kinks and not something i have any real interest in i'll sometimes have a pang of how much time and energy i've expended getting off but Mm -hmm. that's independent of the fetishes themselves (laughs) That sure. sounds very healthy too. Yeah, I think it is healthy. It's like, dude, mm-hmm. people watch freaking, you know, 90 day fiance for hours. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't judge them for that. And I don't want them judging me for spending a few hours <laughs> stroking it to messed up kink porn. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. So another question for this listener was what safe and legal ways do you prefer to explore your sexual fetishes, particularly online? And he said, I write stories and listen to audios. Mm -hmm. I like hearing others, mainly women, talk about their kinks and desires in these territories. I don't even look for visual simulations of stuff much anymore meaning I don't do much looking for hentai or artwork or photos of Mm -hmm. young looking actors. Mm -hmm. I, I would say a lot, there's a lot of age play lovers that they don't want any visual. It's, it's all Mm -hmm. mental. They love the, Mm -hmm. the audio piece of it. Absolutely. You kind of touched on something about this earlier when I think you did at least when you were, you were talking about how it's like, you know, age play stuff isn't necessarily about a particular <laughs> child. It's just about, you know, a notional abstract child or, uh, you know, a, a relationship between an abstract mom and an abstract kid. It's not like, you know, and, and, it you know i'm also whatever people are attracted to 
you know, people in the real world, again, that's not necessarily something they can help. I'm not going to say that that's, that they're bad people for that. It's just, for me, like, that's why I've, I really enjoy um, audio porn. Um, I just find it, it, it just really helps me, you know, I get to fantasize about something and fill in the blanks and, and, and like connect all the dots in my mind. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it just feels a lot more, um, I don't know, it just feels healthy for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A kinky mind movie. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. I like that. Yeah. Um, and so this um, listener gave me just some more, additional thoughts on this he said i feel a little fortunate to learn that my kinks are genuinely just that kinks Mm -hmm. i've worked conventions before covid hit and i'd be around very young girls in cosplay often Mm -hmm. very revealing clothes and found myself totally unattracted to them sometimes Mm -hmm. even repulsed it comforted Mm -hmm. me to know that while i fantasize about x y and z The reality is wholly unappealing. Mm -hmm. Also, way back in the net zero and AOL days, I managed (laughs) to stumble across some real videos and it genuinely unsettled me. Mm -hmm. I would liken it to liking horror or action movies and then seeing someone really killed in life, Mm -hmm. in real life. It's hard to express or narrate just what makes it so patently different, but it is tangible and very real. Those experiences helped me to be comfortable with my kinks because I knew that the fantasies were just that and not anything I would ever be tempted to act on. Mm -hmm. This guy sounds like a genuinely well um, settled perv. (laughs) <laughs> he yeah. is very yeah very settled in in what he likes and keeps it very safe and yeah yeah i think that's that i think that's really good and i relate very much to what um he's saying you know i'm also aware you know that there are people who aren't like me in that way right that are like genuinely like they go out into the world and they see children and they get genuinely sexually turned on by them um and i'm not gonna say that those people are bad or that they're doing it wrong um as long as they don't act on anything and they don't do anything in the real world that makes anybody feel uncomfortable or or rotten um and i really do think that pervert paradise for some people you know who are like that is a really you know the harm reduction model that katie starling sort of promotes i think is is helpful for people like that you know that they're able to sort of indulge that you know in this sort of digital space in a way that it's not helpful for anybody if they were to indulge it in reality yeah um so i guess what i'm saying is yeah i really relate to that call that's very much similar to my experience and i feel you know i'm like yes you know, mm-hmm. brother perv, I'm with you. Um, yeah. but, but I'm also, I just, I just know I, I, you know, there, there are other people that, you know, it's different for them and that's okay too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Moving on to our second, um, perv that answered the questions. Mm-hmm. Um, the question with the partner, are they able to share with a partner? 
He said, I do with my current one. She's on the more submissive side of the kinks, which is fine by me. Her also being three years younger than me definitely does. I sort of lucked out because she broached it to me first, but I definitely would start with the more vanilla side, standard taboo, like bondage and role play scenarios, like principal student to incest first before going deeper. That's, that's very good advice. That's actually, I like that advice a lot, actually. Yeah. Um, Don't go from 60 to 90 (laughs) miles an hour. Right. Yeah, and that's that's how my experience started with um, the previous partner. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it, for us, it started as a little incest role play, our fantasy role play, and then and then it got mm-hmm. deeper. Um, that's, mm-hmm. that's great advice. It is. Um, I asked him about the post not clarity, and he said, "Nope, I like what I am and feel no shame <laughs> in it." <laughs> the, the fact it makes normals uncomfortable excites me. <laughs> <laughs> All Listen, right. I, yeah. Admirable. <laughs> yeah. He said the fact that it makes normals uncomfortable excites me with when tricking them and seeing their disgust when confronted by scenarios they read about it in the news always excites me. They mm-hmm. fundamentally live a lie, denying their desires. And that's what makes me living mind stronger than them. I, I accept hmm. what I am. Hmm. I, I actually relate to a lot in that myself. Um, There's some that I relate to and some that I don't, you, you go first and then I, I'll, yeah. I'll speak. Yeah. Cause you know, I said it earlier, like when taboo for me, um, taboo turns me on because mm-hmm. if someone I knew knew what I oh, yeah. get turned mm-hmm. on by, they mm-hmm. either cry, <laughs> <laughs> they cry or the, be take out their heart and hold it up to you and look at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that in itself, it's more of a mental arousal, but that in itself arouses me. Oh yeah. Mentally. Um, that, that the fact that they could, in the news stories too i mean like when i see now (laughs) the headlines oh yeah oh yeah sometimes yeah uh you know uh i don't know i can't think of one (laughs) but yeah some news stories they they just give me a little a little quick Mm -hmm. quick little cheap thrill (laughs) like he said uh with the news thing yeah, I think that there is a, you know, I think that can be a turn on. I think it's really important. <clears throat> the part that I'm not necessarily on 100% um, with is the part where it's like, well, you know, this turns me on and I'm okay with it. And if other people, you know, they're just denying their stuff. I don't really know what other people are into. You know what I mean? Like, I think a lot of people really are pretty vanilla you know what i mean like you know they're like ooh, boobies you know um and that's okay you know what i mean it's like oh you know go with god um you know what i mean and you know i've kind of come to an understanding that i'm you know i'm on a spectrum of people and i'm at a certain part of it that is much more extreme than others um and i've i've just kind of made my peace with that yeah yeah um, 
let's see which one is this one two three four uh the what are safe and legal ways he explores his desires um he said yeah audios role play in the bedroom and also true crime stories which i use as porn sometimes because hearing about it also excites me yeah sure <laughs> sure yeah no yeah. some of that stuff is again it's it's like a weird you know <laughs> it's like a, you know every now and then there'll be some kind of weird uh episode of svu or something and, and something really messed up happened and it's a fantasy on the show it might have been based on something that actually happened but there's a part of it that'll play into a fantasy that i have and you know i find myself aroused um and i'm okay with that (laughs) (laughs) i love it i mean i mean detective stabler might not be okay with it but i'm okay with it (laughs) (laughs) all right one other perv um i asked about the partner thing he said i wish i would have given anything to have a female Mm. partner to share with Mm. ideally a much older experienced partner to teach me the joys available through sex Mm um yeah it, it always feels so much better you know okay so like audios phone sex I'm sure that's great and wonderful, but there really is something about mutually enjoying a taboo, extreme fetish with someone else that just right. feels really good. Yeah, I think that's true. And, and it's like the key thing, I think, to realize is that there are women out there um, who are interested in this stuff. A lot of them. Um, but I also think that just society, I mean, it judges men on a, on a pretty harsh scale. And I think society judges women even harsher when it comes to this kind of taboo, uh, sort of sexual desires. And so I think a lot of women who are into this stuff are very, very careful about disclosing it. Um, and you sort of have to, um, like the person said before, have to work your way up to it and, and let them know that, that, that they're safe being able to disclose whatever they're into. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that, Nick, because I think it is true. A lot of, for men, I imagine, you know, most society would just be like, oh, he's just superb. You know, that, that's just... Locker room talk! <laughs> <laughs> Where where a woman, you know... Yeah, yeah. Like, especially the te- the the stories of um the teachers you know obviously i don't promote like abusing children in that way but they're it's obviously so much more shocking because it's a mm. woman oh my god mm. i can't believe right mm-hmm. um okay uh what question is this um i asked uh oh the post nut clarity And he says, I did when I was younger, but that faded within six months or so. Once I realized how fucked up humanity is in regards (laughs) to sex and morals. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's interesting to see how people frame things, you know, like how how their reality is versus my reality and your reality. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I... 
envy that person. You know, mm. it's just like, man, I had decades of <laughs> feeling guilty and shameful and post nut like, oh God, I can't even turn off the screen. Um, <laughs> I can't even look at the screen. Um, you know, um, you know, and, and it's like, dude, six months, uh, you got off easy, pal. You should be happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the next question for him was the safe and legal ways to explore. And he said it's um, being able to voice chat with like-minded women. There is nothing more erotic than mm-hmm. hearing a gal talk about her secret kinks. Mm-hmm. Being, a, being a closet perv. Um, he says normal and public, perv and private. Okay, he says he's normal and public, but a pervert and private. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard enough being a man. It's terrible for a woman. Mm-hmm. I love both hearing, sharing perverted desires and being a safe place to express them. Yeah. He kind of hit on what you hit on. Yeah. Yeah. How it's harder for a woman. Yeah. Yeah. There's an extra little piece of demonization, I think, that happens for women. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, there's plenty of it goes around for men too, but it, it feels like women, it's like the same thing is true of like women, female serial killers, right? I mean, it's just like, you know, no one likes serial killers <laughs> of any gender, but <clears throat> when it's a female serial killer, there's this extra piece of like, uh, there's something really fucked up with this one. Um, mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. women are supposed to be nurturing and caring and loving and motherly all the time, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and it's like, eh, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. I think that's why uh, femdom is such a popular mm-hmm. fetish, you know, because mm-hmm. it's, it's women that are the opposite of what you just described. Right. Somehow in my eight-year-old little catholic boy self right <laughs> like an altar boy right i was like my eight-year-old brain was going you know what i want i want an evil bitch to tie me up <laughs> and corrupt me you yeah. know what i mean that's what i want and you know that i i'm so fascinated by that mm. you know it just feels really prototypical in terms of like it, it this is who i am in this way and it hasn't changed, and it's going to change. And so, all right, let's do this. Yeah, yeah. Um, this gentleman had just an additional thought to add. He said, uh, nothing against what you do, Miss B. I think you're great and provide a valuable service. But for me, paying to chat with a gal ruins it. It's always in the back of my mind. Is she being truthful or just saying what she thinks I want to hear? <laughs> For me, eroticism is an honestly like-minded woman. So that's totally fair. Totally fair Mm -hmm. because, you know, there's, Mm -hmm. I know I've said this before. I know when pervs can hear Mm -hmm. when either you're aroused, you Mm -hmm. can hear that in an audience. I mean, you can hear Mm -hmm. that. Um, Mm -hmm. There's some things you just can't act. You know, there's mm-hmm. um, arousal in your voice. Um, and then I, I know you guys can tell when when we when girls don't mean it, you know, when they're going through the motions for that money. Uh, you know, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that's right. <clears throat> I think it, it well, it's complicated, right? Because I think that um, I think that you know when I've you know utilized a phone sex operator to talk about kinky fucked up stuff, um, you know, I am really clear right off the bat. This is a transaction. You know what I mean? Like I'm giving them money so that they will indulge this. Now, does that mean that they're going to be completely cold and not at all into it in any way? It doesn't mean that. It just means that let's just be clear on the size of the board that we're playing chess on here. You know what I mean? Like this is a, there's a financial transaction going on here. And, you know, now where it gets interesting is there are some performers, I think, who are really good at, you know, performing that that sort of thing in a way that doesn't make the customer feel like, you know, she's bored and checking her watch, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are performers who are, you know, you know, they'll just say crazy, dirty stuff in a, in a way that just makes you realize, oh, they're not into this at all. They're, you know, and, and that feels a little insulting, I think, for customers. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, like for if a girl came to me or a woman came to me and she's like, you know, I think I want to get into um, mm-hmm. fun sex. Mm-hmm. Okay. My first question would be, are you a kinky person? Because mm-hmm. You know, I feel like, first of all, you're not going to love it. (laughs) Like, you have to love it. You have to love sex and fetish and kink and, you know, Mm -hmm. being turned on. You have to love those things. (laughs) Sorry. I'm so sorry. (laughs) You're ringing all over the place. (laughs) My God. I, I, I have a Mac in my iPhone, I turned it off and then it started coming through the computer. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I would you have to love sex mm. to be able to do it. Um, so I wouldn't discount though. I want to tell this guy, I would not discount that. You know, mm-hmm. if you're in a place and you're craving, you know, just that connection with a woman, um, in a pervert, perverted mm-hmm. environment, mm-hmm. Um, especially, I would say, in pervert paradise, because, mm-hmm. you know, we choose who's there. Um, and I can tell you, I, I'm, pre- um, let's just say 9.5 times out of 10, I'm mm. into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. So, um. You know, it was hard for me not to take offense because I'm like, you know what? That is a fair statement. It is fair. But yeah. just for me, I'm like, no, no, no. I'm I'm into it. I'm into mm-hmm. it. And I think that's why people come back to me because they can feel that and um, hear that. Mm-hmm. Agree. Um, anyways. Okay. Um, all right. And so this is our last listener questions. Um Let's see. Actually, no, that was a double. That was a double paste I have there. So never mind. Mm-hmm. It's not sure. a person. <laughs> so, All right. Yep. Yeah. 
Well, Nick, this was a lot of fun and um, really uh, explorative mm. in the mind of a male pervert. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm so happy um, I did this. I'm really, really, uh, really pleased, and I really enjoyed. Uh, I really enjoyed your questions. I thought they were really thoughtful. Thank you. All right. All right. Bye bye. Thank you so much for listening to episode nine with my fellow perv Nick. Are you enjoying the slut next door? You should come join my Discord server where you can ask listener questions, get to know me and others, and enjoy our delicious, I'm talking hot, delicious porn channels, chock full of fetishes and kinks. You can find the Discord server at discord.gg slash slutnextdoor or follow me on Twitter at slut underscore next underscore door. Talk soon. Bye-bye.